Welcome to On the Prowl. Hi everybody, welcome to On the Prowl. I'm Rob Rohn. And I'm Ramey Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have Farrakhan Hall, former White Station Spartan and University of Memphis basketball player. Farrakhan, welcome. How y'all doing, man? We're doing good. How about you? Good, good. Glad to have y'all. Glad, glad y'all had me on. Glad to have you on. How's your week been? Week's been good, man. Really productive. I've been uh, getting up every morning pretty early, about 5.45, getting a lot of work done. Uh, That's good. Uh, working on a few different things and taking advantage of this downtime. Well, Rami, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, well, I've been doing the podcast. Been uh, Just been like trying to get some valuable timing with, with my mom before I go off to college. I mean, I'm going to Memphis, but still, like, it's it's a it's a transition. So just yeah. trying to, like, hang out, trying to just do everything at once, I guess. Uh, that's important. I remember going to college when you were in Memphis. It's like you're in a whole different world. It's yeah. Like a whole different Memphis. So. Speaking of transition, Farrakhan, what was the transition from MUS to White Station like? Transition was it – was, it was crazy, man. Coming from MUS, which is an all-boys school, not only just being an all-boys school, but uh, the curriculum, uh, just the overall like atmosphere of the one place to another. Uh, but the biggest difference was going to school with girls. <laughs> <laughs> For me, and, and it was crazy because back then, you know, I was considered like a really good basketball player or yeah. a good basketball player in my mind, I guess. But when I went to that school, a lot of people didn't understand that I was coming from a school that was all all boys. So when I get to the school, I'm, I'm really shy and kind of like nervous a little bit. You know what I mean? So I'm not wanting to be in everybody's face. So I really just would be quiet, go to class, and then go to practice. So a lot of people, you know, kind of thought that I was kind of being standoffish or cocky, but really it was more so I was just. So that was, that was the biggest transition, honestly, being around girls all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you mentioned earlier that you were uh, you in high school. You won state championship, and how, how what was that like being able to say you're a state champion? Two uh, years in a row. Two years in a row. Oh right? yeah, two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I won. Uh, I won one state championship at uh, MUS, and then uh, after that season, I decided to transfer to White Station, which I had to sit out for a uh, for a bit because that's the transfer rules, and then. Came back here and we still made it to the state championship game where we lost. And then my senior year, I won again. At, I mean, we won at White Station. Uh, myself, Joe Jackson, uh, Andre Hollins, um, and a few other guys. So the feeling is great, man. You know, you kind of like immortal. Like, I know that you guys, if you walk into the gym, you probably see our picture up on the wall. So were, were you on that team with Andre Hollins? Yeah, he was on the team with me. <laughs> I like the attitude. He was my young. He was my young boy. Him and him. Who else was on the team besides Joe? Oh, uh, we had Joe Jackson, like I said, Andre Hollins, uh, Marvin Williams. Uh, I think he went on to play in. I want to say East Carolina. I can't remember where he went on to play it. Uh, Julian Burton, who was a great football yeah. son at the time. Uh, we had Patrick Coleman, uh, who does very graphic, great videography now. Uh, Henry Green, who also is like a, he's a music artist, he went on to play at Christian Brothers. Um, who else did we have? I'm trying to think, that's that seems like such a long time ago. Yeah, it's all right. You don't have to name everybody. It, it was Farrakhan's team. That's all we got. We all we got to say. Nah, I mean, you know, 
I was, I was, I was like the Robin to Joe. Joe Jackson was an amazing player. So I, I was just somebody who had his back. Every Michael Jordan needs a Scottie Pippen. So. so let's talk about how fun it was to play and have the opportunity to play for Coach Patino. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he, doesn't he like, hasn't he had like some stuff with uh, the Venezuelan national team? Uh, yeah, that may be uh, a new thing. I think at the time when I was playing with him, I don't think that was, I think he might have played for the Venezuelan national team. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, his, his relation to them. But he's been in Memphis for a while. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's friends with a lot of guys around the city. And like his former players are, are all they've they've all gone places. Yeah, which is impressive. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know, uh, but before Coach Patino, there was Terry Tippett. Yeah, right? and they yeah. won many state championships and won many games. So Coach Patino came after Terry Tippett, and now when he came into that job, it was like a highly touted, you know, what I'm saying school, and so yeah. he, he stepped into a great position. So once he stepped into that position, then he got a lot of good talent. And, and, and White Station, the school, had a sort of a lure already. The court is now named Terry Tippett Court. Yeah, yeah. sure is. Coach Tippett was a great coach. He moved on from White Station and went and coached at ECS, where I beat him. In the- <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned having players like Joe Jackson and Andre Holland. So like those are some highly touted names, especially in the city of Memphis. What, what were your expectations like for the year? Man, just from our, like, just from the time where we would go in, like, right after school and play pickup, like, I knew automatically that we had probably the best talent in the city. And we, uh, our expectations was to never lose a game from, from, the, from the jump. But we did lose games, you know what I'm saying? And we got punched in the mouth a couple times, and we had to, you know what I'm saying, really take a butt whooping, and then, then we finally got it together. And, and we ended up meshing. But early on, we thought we couldn't be beat, you know, and that, that ain't a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody needs minor setbacks for major come-ups. So better better to get it in early than in the state yeah. championship. <laughs> Very true. We uh we, we were playing in the, um, I think it was the sub-state district, district mm-hmm. championship. And, uh, you know, in order to make it to state, you have to win all of those games. And yeah. We were playing at Central High School, and I'll never forget, we were down 30 at halftime. And all of us, yeah, down 30. These eight-minute quarters, so, I mean, we only had 16 minutes left. Yeah. So, we're down 30, and we're in the locker yeah. Everybody's crying, and we're just thinking, like, it's over with. You know, like, this is our last chance. It's over. But we ended up coming back that game, and coming back and winning, and then we won 10 games straight out there. Yeah, Coach Keys talked about that story a lot. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> He uses as motivation in the locker room. Yeah, that's a good motivation strategy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember it, man. I remember being in that locker room and guys like looking defeated, and then I don't know what happened, but I, I just remember being like, "Man, no, we're not gonna quit. Like, let's go. Like, we can, we can do it." You know what I'm saying? And then when we got back out there, it was just like we had really good players. So if you got motivated enough, you could go out there and do it. And it just yeah. like fell down. It was like the score just went down. Out of nowhere, you looked up and it's like we down two. So. Yeah, this past year I was I was working with basketball as social media coordinator, so I ran the Twitter and I made all the hype videos for Twitter. And during the games, I did the updates and like all the 
play by play on Twitter. Nice. Was it hard to keep up? It was kind of hard to keep up. Cause I had to do it like every time out. I had to say the score, the the clock time, and everything. And by the time I'd hit send, it would be the game. I'd already be starting back. <laughs> and they'd call a timeout like once, one second after. One time they called a timeout one second after a timeout because it was like a five second violation that was about to happen. So I had to. That was the hardest part. But I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to doing it in college. Yeah, it's a great so talk to us about John Wall talking about the team on Instagram Live. Yeah, I saw I saw some clip about that. Um, it was pretty cool to see him acknowledging that. Um, you know, at the time we were all I, we would all play against each other all the time. So me and him graduated in the same class. And Wait, uh, you played John Wall? Yeah, I played on that same team that he was talking about. Oh. So when he was talking about when he played against Joe and Joe dunked it, stole the ball and dunked it, I was on the court too. So the way it was, Joe and John Wall were matched up with each other. They also had another guy who ended up going on on to uh, NC State named C.J. Leslie. And that was the guy that I was matched up with. At the time, I was ranked top 50 in the country. So, like, we had our little battle, too. Right. Obviously, John Wall is going to acknowledge what he had with Joe and and Andre. All right. So, anyway, um, it was a dope dope scenario. It was like – we played in front of this huge crowd, you know, and it was just a crazy attraction. And I remember John Wall was so fast. And Joe was super fast, too, but John Wall was, like, long-legged fast. Yeah. Like, down the court. I think he, like, went around me in a circle and had, of course, kept going. Was it an AAU team or was it a white station team? <clears throat> Pretty sure white station team. Was that yeah. the year when y'all played Ben Simmons? Oh, no. That was – that's got to be – because Ben Simmons, he was – a little later on. Yeah, Ben Simmons was way much later on. So, graduated in 2009 with me. How was the transition from living and playing in America to overseas? It's much different, you know. You held at a higher standard there, just as an athlete. Uh, and you're kind of on your own. You have to learn. Play the land, you have to learn the language. Where they are, they would like for you to speak their language. Just... Just everything. Your routine is completely different. The time zones are different. You might be seven, eight hours ahead of everyone else, so you are on a different routine from everyone. So that's the biggest difference. I've been playing. I played overseas uh, for a total like three three years out of my seven years professional, and I played mm-hmm. in the G League for four years. Okay. Are you and you're currently in the G League, correct? Yeah. For the main Red Claws? I'm with the Windy City Bulls. Oh, my bad. Dang. I did, the Red, I, I was guessing because of the Red. You shouldn't guess. My bad. Uh, no, nah, I'm just messing with you, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm with, I play with the Windy City Bulls, and uh, we uh, went to the playoffs last year. This year, we didn't – obviously, we didn't have a playoff, so. Yeah, it It's been a good journey, though, man, trying to make it into the NBA and just continuing to, to chase my, my dream. Well, we're rooting for you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And this is kind of a two-part question. So, like, if you need to, like, break it down one step at a time, feel free. But so first off, what originally, like, what about Seton Hall made you want to go there? And then second off, how was the transition, like, from Seton Hall to Memphis? And, I mean, I know you're from Memphis, so it might have been a little easier for you. But, like, what what was that like? Um, Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thing that got me to go and visit the Seton Hall was that I knew that they had great interest in me, uh, that they wanted to 
cultivate me as a player and as a person, uh, as yeah. a young man. They they put that uh, ahead of a lot of things, like being a great student first. So I, they came to one of my games, one of our games, when I was at White Station. And to be honest, we played against Wooddale. And back at the time, uh, they had a coach who would hold the ball the whole game. If he played against a team that was more uh, talented than them, they would hold the ball the entire game. So we played against them, and I feel like the score at the end of the game was like 25 to 30 or something like that. And I only had two points. And this is a game that my a school that's looking at me, they came and watched. Yeah. I only had two and even after that, they still offered me right after the game. They, wow. actually, they, they really they really cared. So once I visited, I went there, and we man, went to uh, – we, we went to visit the school, and I got along great with the guys. I had a great time uh, when we played. Uh, pick up and you know uh, got to visit the area of uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, mm-hmm. which is right outside of New York, uh, Manhattan. And I just like the idea of the big city and being able to, you know, what I'm saying, grow in that in that sense. Right. Like being Memphis, being able to go to a different city and and learn a new way, it was that was super attractive to me. And then uh, when I got ready to transfer back home, and I did transfer back home, I remember a week. After being home, I remember just being like, "Damn, what what have I done? Why am I home?" Because <laughs> it was so much different, you know. Like, yeah, much more fast paced there. And then I come back home and it's like super slow. Yeah, like, not a lot going on. So I got used to it, man. And uh, I always wanted to be home. I wanted to be a part of University of Memphis basketball. You know, I wanted to represent the city. So I got back accustomed to being here, and man. Had to steer clear of, you know, what I'm saying familiar. Um, situations and you know, came along well. Who'd you play with on the Memphis team? I played with Joe Jackson, I played with Will Barton, Tark Black, Chris Crawford, um, Shaq Goodwin, Austin Nichols. Nah, Austin was after me. Austin was after me. I graduated in 2013, 2013 so he came either the year after or you know, one more year after that. Uh, Jaron Johnson. Those guys, we we went on to play against uh, Michigan State in the tournament, and also we played against St. Mary's, and we lost to St. Louis. Um, oh, that is so nostalgic. I I went to the campus school for elementary school. You know, campus school. Like, we watched the uh, was it? I think we watched the Michigan State game. Yeah, we got beat down. Yeah, I I was I was still repping, so it was it was very that's very nostalgic to me. I feel you, yeah. Yeah, that, we got beat down that game, so it was a good time, though, man. Yeah, I mean. College days at Memphis. You were having fun. Yeah. And you still have a pro career. That's that's a lot better than a lot of people can say, so. Definitely. Oh, what's your favorite basketball memory? Favorite basketball memory? Hmm. That's good. I had a lot of memories in basketball, but probably winning that state championship uh, at, at White Station just because of ups and downs of the season and how close we were to losing it all and you know having a bunch of naysayers and people who didn't believe that we were capable of doing something like that and just everything that it took man and being able to bring that goal back home like I knew that it was supposed to that was that was probably one of my greatest feats as a, as a... I, I know it was a great feeling as a Spartan I'm glad to say that that happened now that's great, man. Y'all, you know, y'all gotta have that Spartan pride. Yes, sir. Everybody I know, green my favorite color because of it. 
then I, I transferred to that school, but still, like, I really feel connected to it. And <clears throat> who's y'all's principal now? Miss Holland. Miss Holland's is. Yeah. She used to be like guidance counselor back when I was in school. We had Mr. Mansfield was the, the principal. He just yeah. retired. Yeah, he's retired. Yeah. Miss Mansfield is the truth. Yeah. My my brother went there like he graduated twenty eleven. So he was like he kinda overlapped with you. So he was I heard about that as well. So so I remember one time outside of uh outside of the palace, I had got into like an argument with one of my teammates. Mm-hmm. His mom. It was crazy. His mom was like, she was picking on me. She was like, she was messing with me. Crazy. So I finally like snapped back and said something to her. And so it was supposed to be like a big fight or whatever, but no fight happened. It was just a whole lot of people around, like crowded around that parking lot out there. And Mr. Mansfield came out. He took me to the office. He was just like, if you have to whoop his ass, just come and talk to me first. (laughs) (laughs) I never forget that. That's funny. That is hilarious. What are some life lessons that you've learned, like playing basketball or just playing sports in general? And being resilient can take you a long way. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Being able to work through uh, whatever is going on or any situation, being at your best, I mean, working at it at your best ability, then you're going to come out pretty much on time. That's really what the game has always taught me. Um, I kind of that's really what I've taken away from it. You know what I mean? Uh, even now, you know, going on to play in the NBA G League and playing these in different places, uh, that's not giving up is the yeah. most important. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, if somebody drives past you playing ball, if somebody drives past you and they're going to the goal, like you shouldn't give up on the play. You got to run back and try to block it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to defend yourself and, and continue to play the game. So that's what it is, man. Just play play the game. Next play, constantly. Yeah. I like the analogy too, because you're talking about like blocking it after you got like run past, like because that you can relate that to life too. Like life can go past you, you can't just let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Man. I, gotta, I like that. A lot of people give up, man. It's it's crazy, but a lot of people give it up, and they don't really know how easy. They don't know how. They don't even realize that they're giving up. People just you lay in bed all day. You really gave up on the day. Yeah. You got to get up and go out there and attack. You know, because every day is always something going on. So, myself, man, even with this downtime, like I told y'all earlier, with this downtime that we're having right now uh, with the uh, with coronavirus, I decided, okay, yeah, I can stay home, but I have so much access to things. I started taking these courses, teaching about streetwear and uh, mm-hmm. design as far as clothing. So now I have a clothing line that I'm getting started. Uh, it'll be coming out soon. Nice. Yeah, it'll be coming out soon. I'm, I'm going to send you guys some uh, some gear. Oh, yeah, for sure. Keep us posted. <laughs> and uh, got that going, man. And, and also continuing to stay in shape with basketball. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's just the consistency, man, to continue to go after what you want. Y'all guys, stay, stay, keep going after it with this podcast, you know? You may only have 150 views right now, but that can go to 150,000 if you get the right situation. You know? Yeah. So just keep it up, man. Well, Farrakhan, thank you for joining us on this episode of On the Prowl. Is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? Everybody follow me on Instagram uh, at underscore Farrakhan, F-E-R-R-A-K-O-H-N. You can follow me on Twitter, underscore Farrow, F-E-R-O, underscore zero. Uh, And, man, just keep in touch. I'm also on Facebook, too, Farrakhan Hall. Uh, Just keep in touch. 
you know, I, I like to post artsy stuff, funny stuff. I'm pretty fly. You know, you can come stop by and uh, it's just, just hit me up, man. I'm in the city too. So if any of y'all need any help with anything, just holler at me. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm Robert Roden. I'm Raymond Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on The Prowl. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop. And we got them high clocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the coupe, in the coupe. And this shit so fing hard, it's on loop, it's on loop.